0: Hey, Venture Podcasters, it's Dan Wills here, your host and lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And uh, I am just thankful to be able to be talking to you guys today uh, because uh, amidst all of the things that are going on, uh, we've still been able to uh, meet and do things, but it's been different, you know, and so uh, I'm just thankful that this hasn't changed, that I get to talk to you. Uh, each and every week through our podcast. So today we are starting a new series and it's called Parenthood. And we're not going to be trying to teach you guys how to raise your parents Uh, in in an everyday basis, except through uh, what we believe is the correct way through Scripture and what God teaches us uh, about uh, how to raise our kids. And so we're not about to tell you everything and anything about how easy it is or the way it should be and and all these types of things, except that uh, asking that you look at it in the aspect of what would God uh, have us do to help raise our own kids. Uh, So I hope you'll look at it in that aspect today. Uh, Today's title of our message or our, our podcast today is The Parent's Priority. Uh, and so if you are a parent or know someone who is a parent or had a parent, which is all of you, <laughs> you would agree that parenting can be difficult, wouldn't you? I would, I would think you would. And so uh, I like what Mark Twain said about kids uh, raising teenager teenagers. He said, when they are 13, put them in a barrel and nail the lid shut, then feed them through the knothole. That was his advice to raise teenagers. Then he went on. He said, "When they are sixteen, you plug the knot hole." (laughs) Now, uh, you know, you all can relate. If you've got teenagers, you can relate. So, now I had so much joy uh, in parenting. I have, I have two kids, both are grown adults now, and and I've enjoyed uh, a lot of things uh, over the years of parenting. Um, But there's also a lot of pain. When we feel like we don't get things right, or when our kids go off and become these adults and, and do things on their own, there's some pain in that. And uh, I missed all the stuff that used to happen when they were young. But one of the joys I have is the library of awesomeness, uh, the the stories and the things, the goofy stuff that our kids did over the years and so my prayer through the series is that God would make all of your years of your lives with your children very very blessed and and looking at it in that aspect. All right, so let's jump in. Today, uh, like I said, we're starting with the foundational principle of the uh, the entire series, this four week series, and we're calling it like I said the the parent's priority. And so, if you're not yet a parent and one day will be or if you're a parent now, what is your primary priority? And so uh, I'm going to give you um, what I believe should be our ultimate primary uh, priority, and then we'll kind of break it down. A parent's priority is to gradually transfer a child's dependence away from the parents until their dependence rests solely on God. Okay, let's, let's say that again. Let's make sure that we understand that. Our, our priority as a mom and or as a dad is to gradually transfer dependence, okay? Our children, when they are little, they depend on us for everything, don't they? We, we, we know that to be true. And over time, we will help transfer their dependence to where they will no longer depend on us. But instead, they depend on the only one who will ever be completely faithful and true to them in every single way. We teach them to depend on God. Now you might be saying well Dan where do you get that from Well I get it from Deuteronomy 6 and we're gonna we're gonna dive into there in just a moment before I do that though I want to give you the context of it and it's following Deuteronomy 5 all right yeah. No, there's more to it. In Deuteronomy 5, Moses had just revealed the Ten Commandments, the big ten that God would challenge his people to live by. That's, that's where we're coming out of. And then Moses gives really one of the greatest teachings on parenthood in all of Scripture. Okay, He says this in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 2. Listen to what he says. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Okay, As you teach your children to fear the Lord, as you teach them to live according to his commands, not only will you be changed, but the next generation the generation after that okay will be different if we as parents train our children not to depend on us or themselves or what they see but instead on the one who created everything now i need you to ask yourselves do you realize that as a parent god has put within you the power to change generations and generations to come how do we how do we do that because that, that's a big task, right? Well, Deuteronomy 6 gives us the two most important principles that we would ever live out as a parent. And if you don't get anything else during this, this message today or this series, this is what we need to embrace and internalize, of how do we transfer dependence from us onto God. Two things that we'll do in our lives. The first one is Scripture teaches us to love our God. Love our God. We are taught to love our God. Where does this come from? It comes from Deuteronomy 6 in verses 4 and 5. Listen to what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. I'm sure you've heard that before, right? Love your God. With how much of your heart should you love love your God with? With all. Notice the scripture does not say with some or with a little bit or with a percentage, but we are told to love God with all of our heart. But wouldn't you agree that many, if not most of us, we, we love God with a little bit of our hearts. And one of the most dangerous things that we can do as parents is expose our children to just a little bit of God. Let me explain it to you. Uh, let me explain to you why. All right. Whenever you go and get the flu shot, they give you a shot with what in it? They give you a little bit of the flu. right? It's, it's, it's not the true flu. It's just a piece of the flu, Okay, just a little bit, which makes you immune to the whole thing. And I would argue that as parents, so many parents unknowingly give their children just a little bit of the things of God, making them immune to all of his goodness, his glory, power, and majesty. They find themselves knowing just a little bit about God, but not knowing God personally and intimately in a life-changing way. And scripture teaches us we should love God with all of our heart. Now, the problem sometimes is, and this may hurt a little bit, in the world that we live in, there are a lot of things that can distract us from, from loving God with all of our own heart. As parents, as mom, as, as a dad, I, I want to provide for my kids. And so many of us, we think to ourselves with good intentions, if I could just give my kids more than I had growing up, then that would be uh, more valuable for them. And so we work hard, pouring ourselves into our careers, trying to get more things, yet we're not giving our children what they really need, which is us and a deeper relationship with the only one that need to know, which is God and God alone. We want to provide them the best opportunity. So we'll, we'll get them in soccer and ballet and baseball and gymnastics. And, and all of a sudden, we organize their schedule so they are so busy. And we work hard so we can have a nice car to transport them into all these things. And, and so they'll be safe, and their little booties will be sitting in leather seats and have all the bells and whistles, right? And then when they are 16, we want to make sure that they can get a car because in most parts of our country, not having a car at 16 would be borderline child abuse for our children, right? <laughs> okay. And then we want to save up so they can get the greatest education. And, and before long, if we're not careful, we become child-centered parents rather than God-centered parents. Our lives revolve around our chil- children rather than revolving around God. Now, I was talking to someone the other day, and I will leave their name out of the story. Uh, I have known them for a while now, and they would say they want to honor God and all they do. They would tell you that, okay? And they even told me that they wanted to be a fully devoted follower of Christ at one point. And, and not so long ago, I bumped into them and about I, about out and about, and, and I... I hadn't seen them for a long time. And I, I kind of said, hey, how are you doing? Where you been? You know, are you going to a different church? And, you know, because I haven't seen you in a while. And they said, yeah, I haven't been in a while. And, and I just kind of pressed them at that point, And I said, I know. I've tried to call and text several times and no response. It's been, been at least month, two, three. I, I You know, I know it's been a while. And they said, actually, it's probably been about four to five months. And I said, well, what happened? You were on fire for God. What changed? And they said, well, we've been just so busy. You know, I'm coaching Little League, and and we got our kids in dance classes, and all these other things going on. We're just going, 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 and going, and we've just been too busy for church. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and you don't have time to worship with God's people and honor his name? Now, parents, don't kid yourself. That will send a significant message to your children. How important is our involvement in church? And let me just say, by involvement in church, what I don't mean is that you come in late, sit there for less than an hour, leave before the offering, and try to beat the traffic. That is not involvement in church, okay? That is a spectator sport, and that is not a real involvement. I will also go on to say that if all you're doing is listening to a podcast every single week as your form of message and believing that is a church, that's not involvement either. You know, this is a great tool and a resource to help um, fill you spiritually and, and teach you a little bit more, but you need to be a part of a church, you know, body of work every single week and be involved in that. Involvement is saying, I'm a participator, a participant in the body of Christ, and there's a biblical function for me to do in the church. And I'm immersed in deep growing relationship with others in, in a biblical community and I'm contributing part to the I'm a, pr- contributing part to the family of God and I'm plugged in I'm contributing. How important is your role like that with your children? Well, I came across a study years ago that I thought was interesting about kids who grow up and become active followers as as active Christ followers as adults, okay? Here's some interesting stuff. If mom and dad went to church, then 72% of kids will as adults as well. That's pretty awesome. 72% If only mom went to church, the percentage drops to 15%. 15%. Now, dads, how important is your role? Well, if dad only went to church, it's back up to 55%, which is pretty good. Daddies, don't ever underestimate the value of your role in disciplining and leading your children to know Christ. It's very, very important, okay? If neither mom nor dad went, the number drops down to only 6% of kids who will grow up and follow Christ and be active in church. Now, I actually found that to be higher. (laughs) I figured it'd be lower with mom and dad, not both going. I figured it might be a little lower. It says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart. That means not only in our word, but in our actions as well. For example, I've shared with you guys a few times, at least on the podcast. I know I have many times in my church, but I sometimes get a little road rage. (laughs) Let me just be honest. Okay. Not to the point where I'm hollering and, and giving you know, the bad language to people and things like that, just a little frustrated with it. Okay. And because, uh, for some reason, um, you know, I just, I just get that way. Well, when my kids were little, uh, my wife and I had to run an errand for something and we would take the kids with us. Every time we ran an errand, we would take the kids with us, which is, I know, kind of surprising because for some reason you can't leave them at home by themselves when they're six and four. But anyway, <laughs> so there were there were times that I would make comments as we we're out and about errands with the kids about other people's driving. Okay, never any like I said, never any foul language or anything like that, but something on the lines of like, get going, you know, it's a green light or or come on, let's just go, you know, let's go. Do you not know what a four-way stop means? Or uh, the pedal on the right is the correct one, okay? Use that one, all right? Let's get going. Things like that. Well, one day we have the kids with us, like I said, because we have to. No, (laughs) because we wanted to. And and we were at a red light. And apparently my son was very excited to get wherever we were going uh, and headed that way that day. Because he hollers we're stuck at this red light and he says dad let's go and i said i can't son it's a it's a red light and i'm talking to him like like he knows a four-year-old knows the procedures uh, of when it comes to driving a vehicle you know especially at a red light and things like that and and so immediately after i yelled out hey son i can't it's a red light and and then he yells to me without hesitation then just ram them (laughs) so Now, I think it was cute and it was funny and and it was, we were very tempted to laugh. And so we did (laughs) for a little bit. And then, but, but looking back, back on that situation, he was picking up things from me that were not God honoring. You know, the words that we say, the things that we do, our kids pick up on. And a lot of times, sometimes, you know, they're, they're not God honoring parents. Do you love your God with all your heart or with some of your heart? Because some, just a little bit, may not be what our kids need. They need the whole counsel, the glory of God. So what would happen if someone were to walk into your house unannounced and they could just observe you, okay? What would they say about your commitment to God? If they looked at what you scrolled through on your phone, what would would be their guess is about your heart? And what about if they would watch the TV shows that you watch? What would they say about your heart? What about your computer? If they got an opportunity to look on your computer and look at the history log and saw what you read over the last month, what do you think they would say about your heart? What if someone came in and just listened to the language that you said at your house? You're like, dang it, or much worse. (laughs) Okay. What do you think someone would say about your heart for God? What about your checkbook? If someone looked at your priorities and spending, where does God rank in that? See, it's not just about what you say or hope or pretend, but who you really are. You see, as parents, the best thing that we can do for our children is love God with all of our hearts, love our God. And the second thing Deuteronomy 6 teaches us, and it appears small at first, but it's incredibly important and profound, number one was we love love our God, right, with all our hearts, and number two, if you're taking notes. We need to lead our families, okay? Lead our families. We just, we, just must, we just absolutely just must lead our families, okay? Where does this principle come from? Well, I just mentioned Deuteronomy 6 in verses 6 through 9. Listen what it says. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, okay? We lead our families spiritually. Spiritual talk becomes not just something we do on the weekends or on the way to church or on the way to youth group or on the way to children's programs. It becomes a part of seven days a week of everything that's going on. We lead our children spiritually. Okay? I like the quote that Edward, Duke of Windsor, said about America. He said, the thing that impresses me most about America is the way that parents obey their children. Think about that for a minute because I said it correctly. Okay? The thing that impresses him most is the way that parents obey their children. Parents, I have a question. Are you leading your children or are your children leading you? Okay? Think about that. You lead them spiritually. You set the tone. You are the divine authority in your household. You set the tone. Now, you may say, well, how do you lead? Well, I'm not going to tell you how. That is not what our, our goal is today, okay, but, uh, and say, here's exactly what you have to do because I can't do that. But what I am going to tell you is, is if you are going to be an effective leader, you need to do this. You must lead intentionally. Okay. Lead intentionally. Whatever that means for you, you seek the heart of God and you do it. Okay. Lead intentionally. Just because everyone else does something doesn't mean that you're going to let your kids do that. Okay. Just because every other teenager can stay out until one o'clock in the morning, you may say, not at our house. You set the standards. Okay. I like the single mom who is struggling with knowing what to do with her teenager. Okay. The teenager always wanted to see R-rated movies with his friends and and he would say, "But but mom, there's just a little bit of bad stuff, just a little bit. It's not that bad." And and mom was praying in the meantime going, "God, what what do I do?" you know? And God gave her an idea. Something that I think is awesome. And so hopefully your kids aren't listening and you can use this at home, okay? Mom said, "I'll tell you what. You go to the R-rated movies, you can go, but but first you have to help me make some brownies." And the teenager's like, well, of course, I love brownies. As long as I can lick the bowl, mom. Mom's like, oh, absolutely. We always do that, right? Okay. But before you do that, what I need you to do is help me. And so here's what I need you to do to help. I need you to go out and find some of our dog's dog poop, okay? And give me one spoonful of dog poop. And the son was like, that's nasty, mom. Mom said, no, you need to understand. I I just need one small scoop. That's all you need, okay? You don't need to worry about touching it. Just grab a spoon, okay? Just bring that in. Help me make the brownies. And then you can go to the show tonight. And his son was like, okay, whatever, Mom. So he goes outside and comes back after a little bit with a small spoon full of dog poop. And he gives it to his mom. And his mom said, oh, son, that's, that's just too much. And she took a little knife and cut it in half and dropped just a little bit of dog poop down the brownie mix and stirred it up. And said, "Mom." And he goes, Mom, we, we can't eat that. Okay? And she said, oh, sure we can she poured it in the bigger bowl and said, would you like to lick the bowl? And he's like, no, that's disgusting. And she said, but, but what you don't understand, it's just a little bit of poop. And all of a sudden, he realized just a little bit of ungodliness is too much. Parents, you are in charge. And just because everyone else is doing something does not mean that in the right, that is the right standard for your family, okay? You are not so concerned about your children's immediate happiness as you are for their holiness and, and full pursuit of God in every single way. So how do we lead them? Well, the Bible calls it training, okay? There's a very well-known scripture in Proverbs, okay? And it says this about training, Okay, Proverbs twenty-two six says, "Train up your children the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it." Okay, so we're not talking about training of uh, of the true exercises and the things you're thinking of. It's training uh, of habits and understanding and and what God teaches us. So, the Hebrew word for train is the word kanak, and this word actually means the palate of your mouth. Okay, and that would happen in the Old Testament times when an Israelite woman. Uh, would have a baby. The Hebrew midwife would be there and would take her finger and would dip it into paste and then put the paste on the palate of the baby's mouth, on the kanak, okay? And this would initiate a hunger so that the baby would begin to nurse. So parents, that's what we do is we kanak. We train, we initiate, or we dedicate, we train our children the way that they should go. We initiate a craving in that which is truth and right and pure, and holy, and when they see the fruit of that, they see godly living actually works, okay? Our role is to transfer dependence. They no longer depend on us, they now depend on God. So how do we do that? We love God, first it starts with us, and then we intentionally lead our families. If you want to have hardly let life happen, you can do that. But let me promise you, life will happen And you will kiss your kids goodbye. You'll send them off to college. You'll walk them down the aisle. And then you're going to wonder, where did it all go? You need to lead them. Lead them. You lead them, okay? God placed you in that role. Love God with all of your heart and and lead as he calls you to lead. How do you do that? We train them. The most important thing we will ever do is to lead them to the one who gave his life for them. And when when they know who they are in Christ then they are ready to be shot out into this world to make a difference. Okay? Parents, your role is so important. You can train and change generations and, generations and generations and generations and generations to come if you will just lead intentionally. And that is my prayer for you. All right, that wraps up this episode of Venture Podcasts and understanding the parents' priorities. I hope you'll join us next week as we continue our series on parenthood as we are looking at unchanging principles of parenting. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.